Hello, you're listening to The Search Bar. I'm Jacob. And I'm Adrian. And we are back for Season 4, Episode 4. Today's episode is Warning Signs That You're Dealing With a Shady SEO Firm. Mm. I'm sure you've probably gotten those solicitation emails, someone claiming they have the magic pill to fix all of your marketing woes. Mm-hmm. Or they say something really scary. Uh-huh. So we're going to break down... Oh, excuse me. That's my dog in the background. We're going to break down uh, all the different warning signs of an SEO firm that might not be on the up and up. But before that, uh, let's talk a little bit about in the news. I read an article just yesterday from Search Engine Journal that uh, they posted about an interview they had with a Google, Google Webmaster Trends Analyst named Martin Split. I'm sure I'm pronouncing his name incorrectly. Um, but uh, anyway, they, amongst other things, they asked him uh, top three SEO factors he thinks people should focus on. There were really no surprises, but it was interesting how he prioritized them. He said number one is content. Mm-hmm. which we've been harping forever that it's... Content is king. The, the unique, useful, relevant content that's the most important. Interestingly enough, he said number two was the metadata, mm. um, which we know that Google, when they don't feel like uh, your, your metadata is sufficient, they'll just make up their own. Mm-hmm. So it was kind of reassuring to hear that they still place emphasis on this because it means that if you spend the time to optimize these fields and they're consistent and unique to each page and that sort of thing, or if they get updated as the content gets updated, they can be used as a ranking factor. Uh, although we know that the meta description exclusively in and of itself is not a ranking factor. Right, right. And then third he mentioned was performance. So, you know, page speed, user experience, all of that stuff, which also we knew, but... I just thought that was interesting to hear someone from Google prioritize what they think are some top SEO factors. So don't listen to those fly-by-night ideas. (laughs) Stick to the bread-and-butter SEO elements. So, warning signs of a shady SEO firm. First, let's talk about the claims that these SEO firms will make. You'll usually get these claims via email where they've had time to run your website through uh, a random third-party analysis tool, one that looks at everything at a very surface level because it doesn't have access to uh, Google Analytics data and that sort Mm -hmm. of thing. So the first thing they almost always say is that your site is in pretty bad shape. Right, and they use like really scary terms. They're like, oh no, you know, critical warning, you don't have image alt tags on your... Or Images. Uh, Google can't see, or your your website is not visible uh, to Google, yep. or something like that. Same kind of scare tactics that uh, they try to use when the spammers are trying or scammers are trying to get you to call their quote unquote Microsoft office sure, to sure, sure. take the spam off of your uh-huh. computer. Move fast within the next forty eight hours, right. or you will see long term yeah long term issues, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. So that's the first one. They'll obviously try and scare you. A real reputable SEO company will not use scare tactics, I feel. They would say something along the lines of, there's areas that we can improve upon. Yes. But they would never say, you're up the creek without a paddle or anything like that. (laughs) So so your site is in horrible shape. Next thing they're likely to mention is that they can fix it in short order. Uh, Mm. You know, we've talked about this over the course of 
almost four seasons of this podcast now, SEO is not a quick fix. Mm -hmm. Even if you are doing things that can be fixed quickly, such Mm -hmm. as, you know, removing duplicate uh, meta tag information or fixing a canonicalization error that just requires a couple of changes in the back end of your store or your website, that doesn't mean that it fixes things and rebounds lost traffic or ranking or position. So if anyone tells you that they can get you back up in you know position five or higher, or they can increase uh, this in you know quick amount of time, uh, that's another warning sign for mm, sure. Definitely a red flag. Mm-hmm. Um, another one that is my personal favorite is when they make any kind of guarantees that they're going to increase your traffic by percent amount in this amount of time or they're going to get you to rank one in two months or something like that um that that's a red flag because that they can't see into your analytics they don't know what kind of traffic you're already getting they're not taking into account competition Mm -hmm. um what the landscape already looks like Mm -hmm. and so that kind of creates these situations where they have pressure to make this certain percentage and maybe they're going to be driving some not great traffic in order to make that guarantee. So to be honest, I would stay away from any company, any marketing company that's going to make you a guarantee like that. And it also, it, it rehashes tired old, um, viewpoints of how search engine optimization Mm -hmm. works you know there obviously was a time way back in the day when things were fairly unregulated that you could get sites to rank fairly quickly for certain terms and you would see a payoff in terms of revenue or or lead gen or whatever it is that you're going for so it's interesting that those tactics are still being used to this day that's a red flag obviously it, it means they might use less than honest tactics black hat if you will but then You'd mentioned something that kind of segues nice, nicely to the next point. You know, they tell you all these things, they give you all these, uh, make all these claims, but there are obviously things that they can't know. Mm. They can't know things such as, you know, if your website is intentionally structured a certain way. Mm. Um, you know, I had a, a client that I worked with that had a handful of pages which were uh, behind a, uh, they were login protected, and it was because they sold these products to wholesalers. So mm. obviously, they don't want them easily accessible. They're really only there for the customers that know what they need. They have the part number or the product code or whatever. And this uh, third-party firm came in and said, you know, these pages aren't visible by Google. You have them blocked, and this is a huge issue. If you did just a little bit of research, you would understand why. And there's a yeah. very logical reason behind that. Sure. Or maybe there's a unique call to action that you have. Uh, maybe in one particular product page of your website, you're more concerned with getting leads in the form Mm -hmm. of emails or phone numbers to set up some sort of custom recurring order with these these clients. Mm -hmm. Not so much to just get them to buy. Uh, They can come in and maybe claim that your calls to action aren't consistent or, you know, some sort of user experience thing that makes perfect sense in the the context of your business. Yeah, um, I had a client who sells uh, weight loss food and is also a medical clinic. Mm. And so they have different goals there. They want the people to buy food online, but they also want them to call the clinic and come in for an appointment mm-hmm. and you know set up a, a regular schedule with them. So um, 
Yeah, that that's an important thing to keep in mind with an SEO firm is they might be too focused on one goal mm-hmm. for your website. But also they, they can't know some practical reasons why the generic scan tool that they're using could throw up these red flags. You mentioned earlier, oh, you have a critical error because you don't have image alt tags across your site. Yeah. Certainly cool to have image alt tags right. on those for, for image-based searches, but not the end of the world. Um, one thing that we regularly run into because we work with uh, uh, e-commerce clients, they tend to have a lot of clerical pages such as shipping, return policies, terms and conditions, right. things that are going to be consistent, almost identical from site to site because a lot of it just has to deal with buying and selling things online. Sure. Um, we use the robots.txt file of our client websites in order to encourage search engines to not spend their time scanning and analyzing these pages. They're right. not important for a site's ranking um, they don't add anything else to the user experience or the value or uniqueness of the site. So we encourage them to not follow those pages. Right. And we, I cannot tell you how many times I've had people get emails from third-party firms who are claiming that because these are blocked in the robots.txt file that it's a huge deal with mm-hmm. the search engine. So something as simple as that or... Maybe there are products or services that you've discontinued and you, you don't want people to try and call you about ordering them or, or, or setting up a recurring uh, subscription. So you've deleted the page and now you have a perfectly reasonable 404 page on your website. They can come up and say you have 404 errors on your website and these need to be remedied. Well, you know, it's actually a good user experience to let people know that they've reached a page that no longer exists. So totally practical reasons why uh, you would have your site function the way it does and things that they can't possibly know. That's interesting as well because that you can tell the difference between a firm that has experience with e-commerce versus uh, one that doesn't because they'll be the people who don't, they will say, oh my gosh, you have 3,404s. This is terrible. Yeah. Wait, wait, wait. Um, whereas an e-commerce site or company will look at that and be like, oh, okay, well, these are all discontinued products. It looks like you cycle through different versions of your product pretty frequently. Mm -hmm. So this is a good experience. You know, it all has to be taken in context. Right. So claims that they'll make what they can't know, but let's say that, you know, you're on a tight budget, you like the pricing that they offered and you decided to bite and you've hired one of these firms to work on your website. So now they're, we're into the process where they're going to start recommending strategy or implementing things on your behalf. Here are a few things that you should keep in mind that might be a sign that this is not uh, the most uh, up and up agency. First thing is if they, they uh, mention anything about paid link building. Yeah, and we're not talking about like legitimate um, networking. There, there are situations where paid link building makes sense, but we're talking about the Hey, pay $200 and we'll get you on 3,000 different websites yeah. type of paid link building. Basically, if they, if they can promise you X number of links in you know, 30 days for this price, that is a huge red flag that they're going to utilize link farms to essentially spread links to, uh, to your site from all over the internet, usually from international websites where it's much easier and webmasters are not as... Um, and not as aware of these limitations on Google's, uh, or regulations rather, on Google's part. So, and I can hear some SEOs out there going, come on, y'all. Links are not 
penalized anymore. They're just ignored. Yeah, but there are still manual link penalties if you're doing shady things. And if a firm is doing this already, they're probably doing some other black hat things. Yeah. So it's something to keep an eye out for. Yeah, and I think it's definitely one of those instances where we know it's against best practices, even if we know that Google has eased up on the way that they they weigh these bad links, why would you ever bother to get into hot water in the first place? Why would you spend money on yeah. something you know isn't going to work exactly. as well? But so another thing, speaking of spending money on something you know won't work, is uh, review campaigns that just sound a little too good to be true. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, getting thousands of reviews in the span of months is probably not... I mean, it's not going to look legitimate to a search engine or to a user, to be honest. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Again, it kind of falls into the paid link building thing where if they can say, for this price, we can get you this mm-hmm. many reviews. Um, obviously, if all of those reviews are five stars out of five, um, if they all have very quick, brief messaging with no sort of personalization. I mean, if you've read anything online, people love to tell you a little bit about themselves and why they purchased what they did or why they went to that that uh, restaurant and their experience. Very rarely are they just going to say five out of five, great. They're going to yeah. tell you why they feel that it's great. Mm. Um, I'm actually, uh, I have a client right now is just uh, dealing with... Um, thousands and thousands of links, uh, uh, reviews, I'm sorry, that he had paid for that were all just duplicate, um, totally falsified. So it can it can become an issue. Uh, mm-hmm. So if you get any, any kind of review campaigns that really seem uh, too, too easy, that's a, a pretty big red flag. Especially. Obviously, review campaigns need to be methodical and they're going to be slow, uh, slow going and, and then you might not get the best reviews out mm-hmm. of honest people. So, But they... They're natural, and people can tell the right. difference between natural and odd-looking reviews. Mm-hmm. Um, so another thing that some shady companies do is they just slap some content across the site just to get some stuff up there. Um, it's usually not very long. It's usually not very good. It might be pretty generic, and they're like, oh, we're getting content on your site. It's cool. Mm-hmm. Um and, you know, maybe they do that in the span of two months and suddenly you have content across your website. But that, to be honest, may actually hurt more than help um, because content needs to be targeted and it needs to be answering people's questions. It needs to be high quality mm-hmm. um, and longer form is better, although there's not a you know hard and fast rule to follow there. Um, so if they're just getting content up there just to say they did something... Um, you, you may rethink your commitment with the company. Certainly, they're, you know, they're putting keywords on the pages of your website, which Google can see that, scan it, try and figure it out, um, make connections between your pages and other ones on your site or against the competition, that sort of thing. But Google's algorithms are much more intelligent than they were, and so they're going to be able to realize that this is almost a rehashing of something that they've seen hundreds if not thousands of times on other pages of your website, Yeah. which then means, well, what? there's not much of a difference aside from maybe a brand name that gets inserted here or uh, a color that gets swapped out every page, that mm-hmm. sort of thing. So then that content could be devalued to the point where it's not, it's on the page, but it's not serving any purpose. Mm-hmm. So... Um, last thing that you should really look out for 
if you've already contracted one of these firms is anyone who says they're going to handle their data, your data for you. I'm, I'm talking, um, what the example that comes to mind especially is if you don't have, let's say, a Google Analytics account to track um, traffic and, and um, user behavior on your website, and they say, we'll set that up for you with our accounts. That's not, I can understand the convenience of not having to handle it on your own, but then after you eventually um, sever ties with this company, it's very difficult to get ownership of that data back. Yep. Uh, so if you were to go and uh, hire a different agency in the future, they might have problems accessing that data. You might have problems making reports on that data. Uh, it's always important to maintain ownership of any of the uh, metrics that are, or any of the accounts that are using metrics to, to figure out what your site is all about and where that data is coming from. So if you get into those situations, insist that they show you how to set it up, but you handle it yourself. Maybe you give them some, some, uh, some guest privileges, administrative privileges on the account, but you want to be the owner of that data. Yeah, and I think that sometimes this doesn't always indicate that the company is shady, but it always indicates that the company is not certain what they're doing mm. if they uh, insist on controlling your data themselves. It's especially so. something that we see happen with paid search campaigns. I know mm -hmm. a lot of our colleagues in the paid search department have run into issues like that where um, it's all handled under master accounts for other companies. And so it's very difficult to get historical data on campaign performance. Um, Which is essential. Absolutely. It's essential to Absolutely. figuring out where to go next. Yeah. So, so that, that, that covers a few things few tactics that these, these firms might try. But really, at the end of the day, there are things that you should remember when it comes to dealing with SEO firms that seem like they're a little too good to be true. Obviously, we mentioned SEO takes time. Yeah. Um, nobody would ever promise you a certain percentage over a certain period of time or a certain number of links or certain this, that, or the other. We would mm. set out goals for you that are both long and short term and help you see the bigger holistic picture to all of this. Yeah, and I think that's an important distinction. It's okay to make goals, yeah, in especially certain number goals, but don't take a guarantee. Right. Um, and then also remember that every site's ranking factors are unique. Um, no two sites are the same, even if they're on the or in the same industry, and it requires time to analyze, optimize, and then refine. Uh, your strategy as you go along. Yeah. So if someone's saying we can get you up to position three. Um, well, in, in what respect? Uh, the way yeah. that I view um, search results is localized to me, which is different from somebody who's even on the other side of town mm -hmm. um, or just in another city. So it's all relative to, to who your customer base is and, and who you're trying to target. So Absolutely. The, a quick too long didn't listen, the TLDL for that. Obviously, a shady SEO firm will make claims that your site's in horrible shape. They can fix it in short order, and they're going to start giving you guarantees on particular percentage increases, that type of thing. And they might um, throw up red flags about things that they just cannot know, like how your site is structured, if it's structured a certain way, or why a generic scan tool might throw up a red flag, but it's actually a legitimate thing that your site needs. Uh, they're also going to talk about... Uh, if you are partnered with them, they might try some tactics like paid link building, uh, review campaigns that just seem way too easy, uh, mass content uploads on your site, thin duplicate content just for the sake of it. 
And they're also going to insist that they probably handle uh, ownership of your data on Google Analytics or uh, Google Ads, Google Search Console, that type of thing. And then just remember, SEO takes time. There's no magic solution for it. Um, do not accept a guarantee for a percentage increase or a revenue increase. And just remember, your site is unique. And it should be approached with a unique custom strategy built just for your site. And that is going to wrap up that episode. Uh, we are going to be back with episode five here shortly, which is going to focus on um, some of the specifics about local SEO for brick and mortar stores. So thank you for listening. I'm Jacob King. I'm Adrian Boynoval. And we'll see you again soon.